This is Jack Richard. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And once again, thank you so much for helping us to become a top 10 comedy fiction podcast on Apple. We really could not do it without all of you awesome fans. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And hey, shout out to Ireland. We made number two last week. Thanks a lot, guys. On your mark. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Tales from the Rift. I'm Jen. I play news reporter August Potts on the scripted Portoville podcast series. Uh, And I'm John. I write and produce the show. I also play new character Detective Jack Redshirt on our new season two. So... And we have a very special guest joining us today. You may recognize him from many film and TV titles uh, as and as Charlie Brewster from one of the greatest vampire movies ever made, uh, Fright Night, Mr. William Ragsdale. Thank you for joining Hi. us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me on. Well, how are you today? Doing well? Doing very well today, yeah. I'm uh, I'm on the East Coast and it's uh, spring now, which is nice. Uh, it's been winter for a long time, but yeah, it's everything is good. It's finally, at, you know, the middle of May. It's starting to look like spring, so yeah. everything is fine. Everything's good. Great. Goes- cool. Well, I think our first question: Can we talk about your journey? how you got into acting and then landed your role in Fright Night. So like what inspired you to get into acting? Yeah, I was, uh, I grew up in a little town in Arkansas and um, there really were two main activities and that was uh, football and hunting. And uh, I was not really uh, drawn to either one of those, but one of the things they had in my little hometown was a little community theater. And um uh, for where it is and when it was, it was really uh, quite well uh, patronized and uh, and supported and all that stuff. And so they would do f- like four plays a year. And uh, uh, in the they also had what was a little the- a little um, children's theater group there. And that's where I started at like ten years old doing little children's theater stuff. And then sort of graduated to the some of the adult plays. And then I did it in college and. Uh, about a month before I graduated, I thought, oh, I gotta, I should learn to do something for a living, I guess. And uh, so my parents actually were um, really supportive. They said, why don't you just, you know, why don't you go give this thing a shot? Uh, see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, you can come home. And uh, so that's what I did. I went out to California right after college and did a professional training program there for a year in the Bay Area and then ended up in New York and then ended up back in uh, Los Angeles after that. So, you know. And your parents are, uh, <laughs> are happy that you didn't come home or they miss you? Uh, well, I like to think they missed me, but um, they, uh, they were very happy with the success that, that happened pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, my dad was, I'm sure, glad he didn't have to send me money anymore for, <laughs> for, the, for the rent. But uh, even though in, the, in those days I, I lived in San Francisco and I was in Hate and my apartment was two hundred and fifty dollars a month, so uh, it was it wasn't too much of a strain financially. But yeah. uh, but no, it was good. It worked out. And then I got down to L.A. and was there for a while, and then sort of bounced back and forth between New York and and L.A. and um, and you know just kept doing that. So. Yeah, and you've been very busy since. Yeah, <laughs> kind of busy. Yeah, which is good. That's what you want. 
I was telling her, I'm like, you know, if we go through everything he's done, <laughs> it's going to be like a government filibuster. Like you've been in so many titles, you All know, TV shows, yeah. yeah, can't cover yeah. everything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I've been very lucky, you know, I mean, I, I started out doing theater and stuff and managed to get into uh, movies kind of quickly. And then then TV came after that. So I've been very lucky to be able to sort of go all over the place, do, do kind of whatever I wanted to do or whatever they were hiring people to do. So it's been very fortunate. Yeah. And it sounds fun, you know, never doing the same thing. It's always something new. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can always, the grass is always greener somewhere else. So you can <laughs> say, well, we're doing this, but then I could do that and I could go over here and all that stuff. So, but yeah, it's been, it's been a really nice wide variety of experiences you know you've I've sort of been on high-end films which has its own which is its own animal and then you know tv you know sunday night tv show or doing a play you know in a small theater so it's kind of whatever you want yeah what what plays were you in were you in like a paul simon production uh neil simon yes neil simon uh, okay paul simon uh, <laughs> yeah same same thing they're probably Simon, good. Simon guy. One of those Simon brothers. Um, yeah, I did. I did a couple of Neil Simon plays. I did Biloxi Blues, which he, he did a trilogy, which is Brighton Beach Memoirs, Biloxi Blues, and and Broadway Bound. That uh, Matthew Broderick did uh, all the plays in, except for the last one, I think, in New York. Um, and yeah, and I did two of them. I did Biloxi Blues. I uh, did that in Broadway and a national tour, and uh, then I did. Uh, uh, Broadway Bound, which was the third in the in the sequence, and I did that on national tour. Wow, I got to work Broadway! Yeah, yeah. Hell so you yeah, can right? sing and dance, huh? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't do any of it in that, so uh, it's still a still a conjecture about whether oh. that's. That was my next question was, can you sing a song for us from Broadway now? But oh yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll just do that next episode because yeah. uh, that would I can get my. Uh, you know, my company is here and all that stuff. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That takes a lot of skill. Mm. Um, so let's see. I'm going to move ahead here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Fright Night. Um, yeah. Considered one of the best vampire movies of all time. Um, you yeah. and Amy Bierce were pretty young when you made this. Uh, mm -hmm. Cast alongside film legend Roddy McDowell and Chris Sarandon. Right. Uh, legendary Tom Holland was the director. Can you tell us uh, what your filming experience was like? Yeah, I got it really quickly uh, after I'd gotten out of school. And um, and I really didn't, I had never really been on a big budget movie like that. I didn't really know, I, you know, most of my stuff had been smaller stuff where you, you know, you come in and shoot half a day or a couple of days and then you're done. And uh and, you know, and this, the, the script of this thing came with Columbia Pictures on the front. And I, you know, that was kind of exciting, uh, kind of thrilling. And uh, so I, I ended up auditioning several times and got it. And um, it was kind of unusual because it was the uh, directorial debut of Tom Holland. And Tom had grown up uh, as a stage actor and movie actor. And so he was... He was very into rehearsals. He knew um, the value of that and, and, and was used to working that way. So we all got together as a cast and we began rehearsing. We rehearsed for like two weeks before we shot a single frame of film. And uh, that's really unusual. You don't get to do that. 
ever. Um, so we got to work out a lot of our, you know, our backstories and our relationships and, you know, uh, the times setting of what was going on when. And, uh, and so in that sense, it was kind of like a play. We kind of rehearsed it as a play and then did it as a movie. So um, I was really familiar with that rehearsal process, uh, which I think made making the movie uh, a, a lot easier and, and very pleasant. Yeah. So that was a good experience. We just watched it again last night just to remember. <laughs> oh, it. Did you? It was like all of the facial expressions that you had too. Like I was laughing half the movie. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. It was like, I, I can't do it. I'm not. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, that was sort of the challenge for me was that because the events of the movie, I mean, it's, it's always this way in a movie, you know, it takes place over maybe a week you know, maybe 10 days from the first time that he sees the guy until whatever, the, you know, the big crescendo at the end. And, but we shot for, you know, two and a half months. So you've got to, you've always got to know kind of where you are in the calendar, um, you know, to know how exasperated, how scared, how hopeless, how, um, you know, just where you are in the process that's leading yeah. up to the end. So, uh, that was interesting. That was an interesting thing to experience. Yeah. So. I could see how animated you were. And now that you mentioned that you've done plays in Broadway, do you think that <laughs> that, so when you're like further away on a stage, do you feel like you need to do things bigger? And then when you're in front of a camera, it sort of like comes through really animated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the cliche is when, you know, when you're doing theater, they say, make sure that they can hear you in the back row you know, make sure that everything you're doing is, is connecting to the person in the back row of the, of the theater. And, and, you know, film is just the opposite. It's like, you have to just be as quiet and, uh, you know, uh, underplay everything as much as you can. It's almost not enough, almost impossible to underplay too much. So that was a, a learning experience. Luckily, the, 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 the theme of the movie was enough that I could you know, freak out visibly <laughs> enough without uh, throwing it, you know, throwing a wrench into it. Yeah, it was the perfect amount. I you know, I think we had uh, interviewed actor William Sadler. He actually told us basically the same thing. He started off on Broadway too. Yeah, he was in uh, Biloxi yeah. Blues. Yeah. He was the, uh, he was in the play I did. Uh, oh. He was in the, they, they sort of replaced the cast and he was one of the cast members right before I took over, but I rehearsed with him and stuff, so. Wow, yeah, he yeah. said that's a really good foundation to have, you yeah. know, that mm -hmm. sort of uh, like discipline ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is, and you get used to being, you know, uh, to being able to be kind of, intimate and alone but doing it in front of people which i think theater is you know that's obviously what's uh what it gives you so it, it's good preparation for film too because you're in film you're surrounded by people even though you know you know even though, though it's a scene by yourself you're still mm -hmm. with a bunch of people usually guys in shorts and radios <laughs> and ponytails and you know teamsters so yeah yeah and you have to be able to focus focus out of that yeah like right. how hard is that to block out like everyone who's surrounding, you know, because people don't really think about it. Like when they're watching a movie, cause you're acting and right. they're seeing you from like, like a POV or like you sneeze or something. They're like, Oh, <laughs> start over. 
Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that happens. You know, people, the the boom will get in the shot, or uh, <laughs> you know, something will fall. Uh, you know, or you you'll see something inside the camera lens that if you're just out in a room, you don't notice. You know, but suddenly once you've got that focused area, it's like oh, it's a glaring. You know, whatever. You know, this window or something like that. You've got to correct. That's why it takes so long to make them because you're just always correcting. You know. The, the 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 composition of the shot so yeah but still shooting an entire movie in like two and a half months is just amazing to me it still feels very fast like yeah I, <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah i mean see what you're saying yeah they, they have a whole so team people. of people there doing it though but yeah the the one of the uh weirdest things was like on friday night we shot all of the exterior stuff first and then we moved indoors so literally i would get out of my car and walk up to a door you know in november and then i would come through the door from the inside in like february you know january <laughs> something like that so it really you really had to sort of get good at yeah. like what was going on then you know what was my mood when i was coming in what was i you know how do i remember coming in that way and you got to just you know complete keep it going yeah so, like throw yourself back in that moment mm -hmm. right yeah yeah um, I can ask the next one. Yeah, you can go next. So we assume like working on a movie like this with all like the, the special effects, you know, like the practical effects would be just a blast working on it. Do you have any funny stories from on set you can tell us? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, these special effects were a lot of fun because you, you know, I had been obviously going to movies my whole life and was like, just assumed that magic happens, you know, uh, but uh, just to see how the, the, the technical aspect goes and what you and what how the special effects guys were kind of able to manipulate. It's like a magician, you know, they manipulate what you're seeing or what you're noticing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was very interesting. There's a scene in Fright Night where I stabbed the vampire with a, uh, a pencil through the hand. And, uh, and it goes all the way through and you see it on both sides because he turns it. And they, I think I can let the secret out now. They, I mean, this was, you know, obviously two, two decades before CGI. And they, uh, they just had a little monofilament string on both pieces of the pencil. So, or on one piece of the pencil so that when he pulled it out from one side and turned it over, it wasn't there anymore because they had, <laughs> pulled okay. it away during you know during the shot but it's you know it was shot on film so they're actual frames and you don't notice that kind of thing yeah. so that was, I was fun it was last last night. <laughs> i'm like you know we should ask him like if chris sarandon took the stab to the hand the real <laughs> really stabbed him in the hand if he was okay afterwards but <laughs> yeah he was fine I think yeah. his makeup hurt more than that pencil would anyway. <laughs> they were yeah. using the chair for hours for that oh, stuff. Man. So, yeah. So in that scene, especially because he, he sort of, I think my mom is knocking at the door or something. And then uh, he turns a couple of times and each time he turns, the makeup's a little different. So that's another example of, okay, we have that, you know, four second shot. Let's wait two hours for him to finish the makeup, you know, and do another four second shot. So. It's really, uh, really try trying on your patience, but yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Yeah, it's that tedious uh, work like that that I'm just like, wow, they do it so fast. 
because just like a few seconds in a movie can take days. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of uh, like Roddy McDowell, for example, and Chris Sarandon, how was it working with him? Because you were pretty young when you got cast in your like early 20s, right? Yeah. So did they yeah. like welcome you in, give you advice yeah. or something cool? Yeah, Roddy and Chris were both. I mean, they are, Chris, of course, is an Academy nominee and Roddy had been in the business for, you know, four decades or something. And uh, um, yeah, and they were completely accessible and welcoming and collaborative and uh, just really, I mean, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that that was, you know, really a special thing at the time because that's kind of how it is in theater. You kind of have to collaborate. But um, for actors of their caliber and stuff, they were really uh, very supportive and really considered themselves to be, considered all of us to be equals and, you know, kind of all in the same fight. And I, I think the rehearsal process probably helped that out because you're actually, you know, you're around someone, you're hearing their story, you're, you know, their backstory, you're working together in a, in a, you know, very fixed environment. So it just builds that camaraderie. And uh, yeah, so they were great. Really terrific. That's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you have any, any really, really bizarre stories from any of your recent films or TV shows as well? bizarre well it's all bizarre it's all bizarre you you know you have those moments where you're like why am i you know my job is to pretend that i'm doing something you know my, <laughs> and they know it the people i'm pretending to know it i know it everybody knows it this whole you know i just did a movie uh, i just did a movie with uh nicholas cage uh this movie renfield and uh it was a huge production it's a universal picture and you know, and they had hundreds of people working on it and all of this amazing special effects and, and set uh, design. And, you know, you're just thinking, we're just making this stuff up and everybody's, you know, that's what they want. That's what people want. It's probably the only, one of the few professions where, you know, you say to the person, you know, we're going to pretend for you now uh, to do something. And they say, oh, good. That's great. So <laughs> kind of weird that way. Yeah, I love it. How was it working with uh, in Renfield with Nicolas Cage and all the rest of the cast? Yeah, he he's great. I've worked with him a couple of times and he's uh, he's a super professional guy and really very focused on on the movie he's making, you know, the story, the shots, the you know, where it is and the, the time and place. And um, and uh, this movie, I think, was special for him uh, because uh it's sort of based on, there are a lot of references to really classic horror films like Frankenstein and Dracula and all that stuff, the universal, old universal films from the 30s and 40s. And, and he's a real connoisseur of film. And so I, he was having a good time on it. He was really enjoying it. And it was fun to be around him because he knows a lot about it too. You know, he sort of knows the directors and, uh, you know, from those years and how, how things were shot and, uh, so it was good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Um, so Renfield was coming out. It's coming out next year, right? Um, I think they were shooting for maybe the Christmas season for November or December or something like that. I don't know if it's going to be all done by that point or not, but I think that's 
kind of what they were aiming at, but. For 2023? Yeah, uh, for 22, I think. Ooh, oh, this cool. year, wow. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the plan is. That we're done. We're finished shooting. So yeah, you know, we're oh, working on that. that's coming up soon. Though that'll be fun to watch. And yeah, then, it's good for like Halloween season. That'd oh, be cool. Yeah, man. like right after. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got a couple others as well. There's Knock at the Cabin with uh, M Night. Uh, yeah. Good luck, Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. Yeah. Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, Shyamalan. Um, Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just did a day on it. I just shot for a day on it, but it was with uh, Jonathan Groff, who's a, a known guy, and uh, and and Knight was the director, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. I don't. He's um, his system, like a lot of people's, is that you kind of don't know what you're doing. I mean, you don't. I didn't get a script. I didn't really know entirely what was going on with it. Mm. Um, but I knew my scene and who I was and my relationship and all that stuff. But so I'm kind of excited to see what the movie's about. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure. But yeah, I was going to ask, can you spoil like what the plot is a little bit? I can't spoil I it. I wish I could. I'm not, I'm, awesome. It's unspoilable. Do you know roughly when uh, we'll get to watch it? I do not. I do not. So much mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I know that Dave Bautista is in it and um, Jonathan and me, and that's about all I know. So we'll see. I do know that it takes place in a cabin. I don't think I'm giving away. Yeah. Here we go. And there's a knock of some kind. Yeah. A knock at a cabin. Mm -hmm. The cabin has a door, I think. Uh, yes. One might knock at it. So. And then one yeah. more, this one I'm like really huh? interested in. There's one more movie. You're the main actor in it that I see, um, The Elevator Game. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's another movie. It, it was guerrilla filmmaking. It was just us, you know, me and a skeleton crew and a, a couple of other people. Uh, Catherine Mary Stewart's in it. And uh, yeah, and it's a basically, it's a take on the elevator game which is uh you know has to do with punching floor numbers in a certain order or something like that and um i saw an early print of it and it was kind of intriguing i and i think that they've expanded it and i have not seen that version so i think it's uh i think they're trying to make it a little more uh they're trying to uh, fill it out a little bit flesh it out a little bit i haven't i haven't seen the new version though but it was interesting to shoot. It was um, very interesting. Also sort of a similar, I mean, I had, we had a script, but uh, the director, he was no tour, you know, and he said if he wanted to change something or add something on the spur of the moment, he did. So uh, keeping in mind how all of that stuff is going to fit together is beyond me. So we'll, we'll see. Should be fun. It's kind of a, it's kind of a throwback to, 70s i think some 70s horror stuff there's a little weird kind of not psychedelic but weird stuff going on in that yeah. too my mind goes right to the cecil hotel yeah we watched a documentary on what the elevator game is based on it's bizarre that case yeah it's yeah case. but yeah it's i don't think it's related to the cecil hotel they just that was one of their theories and yeah. I don't know if that, you've heard that, of the, that's where they found the woman in the in the water tank, the water tank or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was in LA. Yeah, so. I think you're right. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, but that was when I had first heard of the elevator game was with that documentary. And so then I oh, dug okay. into a hole and I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. She went down a rabbit hole of <laughs> urban legends. I must learn involved, right. so. Yeah. Yeah, right. it was it was really fascinating. And then to see that you're like a main character come, you know, like the lead of the film too. I wanted to know if you had any idea on the release date for that. I don't. I don't, I really don't know what they're uh doing. It's a really small film. So I I I'm I think it's a whole different metric of, you know, how you how you launch that stuff. I don't really know. Um I think there's some clips. I I don't know if it's on YouTube or some 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 app has uh, some clips of it, but I, I really don't know. Yeah, well, I really look forward to it, mm -hmm. uh, to watching all three of those when yeah. they come out. Yeah. yeah, they are, they are, they run the gamut. They are, none, neither of any of them are alike and <laughs> <laughs> to a greater or lesser degree of the, uh, you know, the special effects and all that stuff, so. It's just showcasing your broad acting skills, your broad range yeah. genres. <laughs> right. I was thinking, it, were you doing any, of these at the same time where you have two projects happening at the same time, but they're two completely different characters that you have to get in the mindset of. Yeah, I haven't really had much of that. I mean, my stuff, when you're doing a play, it's pretty hard to do anything else because you're, you know, that's, you're committed to the time. Um, and, you know, unless you're doing two films or a film and a TV show that are close together in proximity wise, uh, geographically, it's really hard to do two, two different things at once. So I've never really had that, that issue. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I've been lucky that way, I guess. Even then I would be like, okay, I have a new role. I have to try to not act like I did in my previous role. And yeah. So like get yeah. into that new, I mean, that's the scale, that's the career, you know, that, that actors have so yeah i've had i've had uh, times where i'm doing a play or something and uh then i will do or vice versa and doing film and then have a theater audition where you go from the thing you're working on to an audition and they'll say in the audition you know let's tone it down a little bit let's make it a little <laughs> smaller or uh you know i can, you know let's just you know think of think about a larger room think about a little more voice and all that stuff so Sometimes you do have to make those adjustments, uh, you know, if you're doing like an audition or something, but. Yeah, well, yeah. that takes a lot of skill, a lot of focus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for your upcoming projects, Renfield, Cabin in the Woods, Elevator Games, since we don't have like a set date, where can we go to, to keep track of this? Can we keep track of this on any uh, socials that you have? Um, not really socials that I have. I think the best thing to do is just sort of Google it from time to time and see where it is in the, uh, you know, in the pipe. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I don't have anything that I uh, can share because I don't have access to the footage. Um, and most of the stuff now with with the Shyamalan and uh, and with Renfield, I have you know you have to sign an NDA, so you you're really limited as to what you can. Even if I knew what it, <laughs> about it, you're limited to what you can reveal, you know, they yeah. kind of, I guess, yeah, um, control that a little bit more. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to being able to share something when I, you know, when I know more. But right now it's, you know, film takes a long time to get done. So yeah. I'm just sort of, I'm sitting and waiting like everybody else. So <laughs> watching movies in the meantime. Yeah, watching movies in the meantime. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, I got, I think. 
I got one. I got one more question for you. It looks like our uh, guest isn't showing up. I don't know what's going on, Could but have been the time zone. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back at your whole career, this is a hard question. What are you most proud of? What's your most proud accomplishment? Do you think? So far. Yeah. Um. So so far. Uh. Well, I guess you know. I mean, it, it's weird because. Um, so such an element of this stuff uh is is time you know and you can't there's just no way to appreciate time in that moment you know in that moment i mean like when fright night opened um you know it was a little summer horror movie for the kids i mean that's what they thought they were making and um you know and, and i thought oh cool that's you know that's a good first film that'll be a good first film for me and for it to have uh you know, I mean, it's bigger now than it was when it opened. It's, you know, it's got a generational yeah. fan base, and, you know, and people are, it's kind of iconic, as you say, in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's just, I appreciate that, um, you know, when, when something has staying power, then, you know, that's not something you recognize in the moment. That's just something that happens uh, as a function of, of the quality of the work and, um you know, and, and, and the real basic fan base appreciation of it. So I'm proud of that. And, um, you know, I'm glad that people enjoy it and, you know, and that makes it more, more enriching. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it lives forever too. So. I'm young forever. I'm young forever <laughs> and fight nights and scared forever and, you know, all that stuff. So, but, um, you know, and I mean, and also because of that, you know, I really miss Roddy, you know, I, I wish he were here to, uh, to participate in all of this, yeah. you know, this sort of the life of the thing, uh, cause I know he would love it and he'd have a hundred better stories than any of us have. And, um, yeah. So that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it in that I'm, I'm delighted by it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it has value to me emotionally. And I'm glad that you're proud of it too. And that you go to cons and you're so proud of how it's done because I'll like talk to managers sometimes of actors and I'll be like, Hey, you know, I really loved you. Like this just happened to me. I won't name Ooh. names. But I was like, Hey, you know, <laughs> we're big fans of this trilogy you did in the eighties and nineties. Do you want to come on and talk about it? And they're just like, no, I'm never talking about the eighties stuff again. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm it kind of, I was taken aback a bit, you know what I mean? I see yeah. where they're coming from, but at the same time, like, I like where you're coming from too, where you're proud of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, if I had not, uh, if I didn't do the cons or didn't do interviews about it or something, I'm not sure how much I would remember of it. You know, I mean, it was two months in my twenties. So, uh, you know, I have basic memories, but you know, because I've had to, because I've watched it so many times and because people have, uh, you know, shared their experiences of it with me, you know, it, it, it allows you to, it enriches your experience of it. And yeah. so, I mean, there's no way it would be foolish of me to, you know, say, I'm not going to talk about yeah. fright, whatever. And I, and I know what you're saying. I've, uh, I've been at cons with people who don't want to talk about the thing they're there for, you know, yeah, so right. like, what is that about? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and I understand if you're, if you get asked the same question over and over again, you know, you, you got to find new answers for it or something, you know, people get tired of that or, you know, I always think about like, 
Bob Denver, who you guys might not remember, but he's a guy who played Gilligan on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. I worked with him one time and I said, boy, it's just, what's it like, you know? And he said, it's terrible, you know, because that's all, <laughs> that's all anybody knows. That's all I can talk about. That's all anybody wants to, you know, but he put on his, you know, his game face and, you know, he went with it. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think he appreciate, appreciated it. Once you realize it's not coming back, then I think that it makes it easier to, uh, you know, to embrace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We lo- everyone loves the nostalgia. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got yeah. that awesome 80s nostalgia. It's got like the, the teen angst. It's got the awesome horror, the, the cool special yeah. effects. Humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some humor mixed in. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah, it's you, just don't, you just don't get very many good ones like that anymore. So. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I, I think that the uh, there's an innocence about it too, you know, which it, which everybody who was there in the '80s or anybody who's really you know been a teenager or something like that is, you know, they connect to it. it's like, oh yeah, you know, no one would believe me when I would say things or uh, you know have experiences. So I think people connect to that, you know, e- even new generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the Renfield movie. Uh, has a lot of humor in it so it's it'll it really revisits that the, the guy who directed uh, directed it chris mckay was a big fright night fan so and he was referencing it a lot so i think it'll have a lot of the same feel to it i hope yeah. so and um you know should be a lot of fun yeah yeah i look forward to seeing all of those yeah definitely all, Good. All the new ones you've got coming out yeah we were creeping on imdb and i was like oh <laughs> Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. stalking you on Google, just creeping around, you know, <laughs> getting yeah. all the info we can on William Ragsdale. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, good, good. That's <laughs> that's the way of the world now. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, did you guys um, see that? Did you guys see the new Fright Night? With I did. Public? Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm no. not putting words in your mouth. You tell me. We. Uh, okay, I'll like, tell you what I think. <laughs> I'm not going to badmouth it because the cast was awesome. It was a great cast. Yeah. And obviously Colin Farrell is an outstanding actor. Yeah. But I think the fact that I saw the original Fright Night so many times first, it just ruined it for me. Because how how are you going to top that? That's my feelings. You have to completely do it differently and not try to mimic it at all. Otherwise, it's, Yeah. yeah. I didn't see the sequel to the new one, but... Right. Yeah, that's my that's my feeling. Like the other one is so iconic. It's like, I don't know, you just can't top it to me. So you yeah. can't watch the new one without comparing. Even with that awesome cast they had, the ensemble. It's like yeah. no. It's not the cast's fault or the writer's fault. It's just that you have like an original film <laughs> and it hasn't aged enough yet for people to forget about it, you know? So yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you do to all of our guests? Point at them and say, you ruined it. You. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good, that'd be a good uh, tagline for your show. <laughs> guest you have on, you can say, you ruined. It's just a freeze frame. In a good way. At William Ryan's Yeah, our, our new interview segment, you ruined it for all of us. <laughs> Time to play, you ruined it, where you were so good. Yeah. You just can't mess with the classics, you know? Like, I get that they want to tap into the new generation, but you'd have to redo it entirely in a way it's unrecognizable and name it something else you know but then it's not really 
I mean, you know. just do something different. Stop <laughs> trying to, don't mess with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I sort of felt like when they said they were going to do it. But it was interesting because when I, I was living in LA at the time, and uh, they used the same artwork from our movie, the, the, you know, the clouds with the mouth and all that stuff. They used that when they were promoting the new movie. Hmm. Uh, so it was on the sides of buses and billboards yeah. and, you know, in magazines or, or whatever. And, like, and it was really surreal because it was like I was having the experience of what other people must have had, you know, seeing the, the ads the first time around, except yeah. I wasn't involved in that at <laughs> all. It was almost like a, you know, like a dream or something where you've yeah. been in something, but <laughs> you know now it's somebody else or something it was very strange but yeah yeah but anyway yeah my opinion just don't remake any classics like i, I just read they're gonna remake scarface i mean yeah it's classic. well scarface and jaws scarface maybe itself was a remake so i guess that sort of oh uh, now yeah, i feel that, like a fool i'll cut this out of the interview <laughs> as you well know <laughs> yeah yes. it was a remake it, well it was a remake from like the 1930s or wow. 40s or something like that so but, you know, I say that like that's a long time to wait because they remade it, what, in the 70s or something. Yeah. So but that's about the same distance between Fright Night and yeah. the one I made and the one I made the new one. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. If you can do it better, I guess try. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the new the new Fright Night, so much of our movie depended on innocence, the innocence of everybody, you know, and. And the new one really didn't have that. It was more, you know, jaded kind of yeah. high school kids, I guess, or something, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and then just the whole industry itself changes so much in that amount of time that the impact it has 20, 30 years later just isn't gonna be the same, so. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah, like, and, 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 and you know, an important part of our, of that film was knowing what a late night horror host is and what they do yeah. and you know how it ties in and i'm not sure they have much of that anymore i mean everything is all no. everything is on demand or streaming or you know so yeah. that sort of function of that character uh, doesn't exist anymore and you know mm -hmm. that's a good point mm -hmm. yeah yeah times oh. are changing yeah <laughs> times are changing I mean, he even talks about that kind of like in Fright Night, how, you know, he gets fired because no one wants to watch the late night host anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so, it was like an homage to the innocence yeah. of those old horror movies. And it um, doesn't feel like much innocence left anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just I've ruined it for you now. <laughs> uh, I've ruined it again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go ruin it again <laughs> you're ruining Welcome it again everyone. <laughs> this will be all over the internet now william rigsdale he he ruined everything for everyone yeah all movies ruined no 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 no. <laughs> no because he's got three new ones coming out where he actually helped everyone in those movies okay so yeah yes okay exactly assuming i didn't ruin them when they put it the movie <laughs> mm -hmm. no way so I think that's all the questions that we had. Um, yeah, okay. did you have any more questions? Uh, do you know what that guy's question was that he was going to ask? You're, you're the, the one contest that, winner. This, this was, you were in on this. I think it was. He was going to ask something about. Um, apparently he wanted some kind of prize. He wanted some sort of physical. Oh, well, there is a physical prize coming though. 
Yeah. Oh, well, he is getting a couple small ones. Yeah. 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 From oh. one of our sponsors. So um, maybe he just couldn't make it. I told him to let me know if he couldn't make it. He didn't get back to me. So, but I, I think his question was, um, is there any truth that you found out you got the part to Fright Night on Halloween? I think yes. that's what it was. Yeah, they, they called me on Halloween night and cool. I had been auditioning for it for a couple of months mm-hmm. and I was still living up in San Francisco and so the auditions were in LA and I, was, I had this little beater Honda or a Toyota Celica or something and I was just, you know, I was worried every time I had to drive through from San Francisco to LA that it was going to, you know, make it. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think I drove down like four or five times for it. And uh, then I finally got the call on Halloween night that, uh, that they, I was that guy they were going with. So that's perfect. Yeah. That's cool. Fitting. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Wouldn't it be like April fool's day. <laughs> got the part. Did I, are you sure? Yeah. Right. Oh, nice try. Yeah, sure. Mm, yeah. Do I show up to work? Yeah. <laughs> I would just in case. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was great. And then I, I found out maybe the next week or something, because I didn't, nobody, as far as I knew, had been, I didn't know anybody who had been cast at that point. So then I found out it was Roddy, who I had loved as a kid growing up, and, and Chris, you know, who was a real, you know, heavy hitter actor. And so it was like, oh, this is going to be, Dang. this is not just a little summer horror movie for kids. This is going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, it was really good. It's awesome. Cool. Well, I think that was all of our questions. Did you have any, any, no, thank you guys for having me so much. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Thanks a lot for joining us today and giving us your time. There was something that he wanted to say (laughs) because he wanted, he just can't help himself. He was already practicing last night. I wanted to say this and she's like, please don't. (laughs) I want to say, Oh, you're so cool. Brewster. (laughs) Well, I, I have to concur, you know, I guess I have to, uh, I have to agree with it. What am I going to, not going to agree with it? <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thanks a lot for joining us. Appreciate that. I've had, I've, I've had that effect on people. Yeah. So. Yeah. We really appreciate your time and talking with us. Terrific. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching yeah. and enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Hey everybody, this is John. You might know me as Jack Redshirt on the Portalville podcast series. I'd like to tell you about a special offer from our sponsor, Cocalero. When you go to shopcocalero.com and enter the coupon code PORTAL10, P-O-R-T-A-L-1-0, at checkout, you can get 10% off your purchase of Cocalero Classico or Negro. And if that deal wasn't awesome enough, guess what? You always get free shipping on your purchase of three bottles or more. So go check out shopcocalero.com.